0: A pair of entitled students think they're playing me as a fool, refusing to do their work while also demanding that I give them extensions as well as special treatment. So I decided to get revenge for them thinking that I was an easy class, resulting in them having to be held accountable for their actions. Here's what happened. So a few years ago, I was teaching a private urban religious college. Since I only had my master's degree, I was thankful for the opportunity to teach and get the experience before I moved on for my PhD. The school usually had me teach accelerated night courses, which were aimed on non-traditional learners, which is basically adults going back to school after many years off. I loved my students and had a blast teaching them. I had some issues with a few of them here and there, but generally my experiences were very positive. But there was this one couple. Let's call them Hannah and Larry. That's not their real name. That semester, I had been asked to cover a more traditional course at the last minute. Rather than being accelerated, it met three times a week for an hour all semester long. Furthermore, it was very small. Only about four students in total. Which would have been fine. Small classes can be great. And a paycheck was a paycheck. But it would have been so much better without Hannah and Larry. You see, this couple had attendance issues to put it mildly. They would show up to a class or two and then just up and vanish for a week or more with no word. Just when I suspected they were gone for good, they would show back up usually with some kind of excuse. Whether it's medical issues or car problems or something with work. You name it, they basically said it. At first I tried to be sympathetic. I always have the attitude that life happens and when it rains, it can pour sometimes. But at a certain point, I began to grow a bit suspicious that they were just selling me a story. And honestly, I was immediately suspicious. But I'm usually inclined to let things slide to a certain point. This was all the worse because of the small nature of the class. Every time I did prep for a session, assuming all four would be present, they'd skip and throw my plans off. But when I just accepted that they would be gone and prepare activities for two students, they would magically show up. All of this would be very frustrating, but acceptable if it weren't for two things. For starters, whenever they showed up, these two would have an attitude about them and just expect everyone to conform to their presence and bend to their will. And secondly, they of course weren't doing any of the work. And these two factors came to a head as Hannah, who was the louder and more confident of the two, would all but demand for extensions, as well as the ability to hand in their work late. And you know what? I would give it to them, only for both her and Larry to blow the work off again. I like to be pretty accommodating to my students within reason, but it quickly became obvious that Hannah thought she was playing me and could get whatever she wanted, and that simply couldn't stand. I have some level of pride and I hate being seen as a pushover, so I decided to start fighting back. Now, I could have crushed them completely and immediately and just said to them, no more late work, but I was sure that Hannah would just throw a fit and go straight to the school administration. I knew the admin would back me up but it was a hassle and I really didn't want that. And besides, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but I do have my limits. I was angry at this point, but I also have a wicked sense of humor. Hannah wants to think she has me wrapped around her finger. Okay, let her think that. I was going to hand her enough rope to hang herself with it. So for the past few weeks, whenever she asked for an extension, I'd smile and say, sure, go ahead, and then chuckle when nothing came in. Every time I wrote her and Larry emails, reminding them of the new date, which is something I learned from this experience. Get everything in writing. And then we came to the final. I hadn't seen the two of them in a few sessions now and was actually surprised to see them stumble in to take the test. They failed, of course. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Hannah comes up to me in front of the class and asks for another extension. I put my best teacher voice on and I say that I was disappointed. But it's fine. Life happens. However, I was posting grades the next weekend. So the absolute last minute I would accept any late work was Friday at 11.59pm. The second it hit midnight, my books were closed. I asked if they both understood, and they summoned up a bit of solemnness when they assured me that they did. Good. I confirmed it in an email, and then set back to grade the finals over the week. I mean, there were only four of them. It wasn't that much work. I know there was a risk that they'd follow through, and I would end up with a semester's worth of work to grade, but I was feeling pretty confident that that wasn't going to happen at this point. Friday night rolls around, and I didn't work my second job that day, and my own schoolwork was all done. So I decided to buy a few beers and kick back and play some video games and just relax. I look down at a certain point and I realize that it's midnight. I open my email and I remind everyone that the books are now closed. If I give an extension, it's open to the whole class. I'm not playing favorites. Not that anyone else needed it, to be completely honest. I open up another beer, let out my best supervillain laugh, and went back to my game. Sunday comes around and I'm posting the final grades for the semester. I usually hate failing students, but I have to admit... I had a smile on my face as I assigned Hannah and Larry well-deserved Fs. 10 minutes after I hit save for the grades, I hear the familiar jingle of my email going off, followed by another. Now, who could this be? It is, of course, Hannah and Larry. Larry's email can be best summed up of him saying, oh my God, didn't you get my email with the work? I sent it on Friday. Hannah said the exact same thing. Now, it's obvious they're thinking that they can get another day or two to get the work this way. After all, hadn't I been so pliant and naive all semester, but they were absolute fools. They've played right into my hands, and this is the moment I've been waiting weeks for. I double-checked to make sure that I hadn't missed any emails from them, just to be safe. And after checking it over, I didn't get any, so I decided to type my response. I say to them, no, I didn't. I did just double-check after your last message. That's okay, emails get lost sometimes. At this point, I like to imagine Larry smiling while reading this. He had won again. God, this professor was such an idiot. I continued on. So what I'm going to need you to do is to go back into the email you sent me with the work. Just take a screenshot which has the timestamp of the email and forward that to me along with the work. That'll prove that you sent it on time. I then responded to Hannah's email saying the exact same thing. What was their response you might be wondering? Did their eyes widen as they realized that they'd be held accountable for their actions? Did panic set in? Were there tears? Were there howls of regret? The gnashing of teeth and rending of hair? Sadly, I'll never know. I never heard from them again. They didn't even bother making another try And as for me, well I decided to buy some beer that night To celebrate once again Occasionally I'll tell my students the tale A humorous reminder that yes, I'm accommodating And yes, I'm pretty laid back But also, I'm not an idiot So please, don't try to play me The original poster really does sound like a good professor They gave these people every opportunity To prove to them that they are not an idiot Like they seriously gave them all the extensions On planet Earth But when it came down to it, Hannah and Larry were just too dumb to do their work, and they seriously thought they had this in the bag. So it's really funny to see that they not only didn't get their work in on time, but they also lied about doing it in the first place, and they literally just ghosted this teacher the second he was like, that's okay, send a screenshot, loser. Do it. Like, they had nothing to stand on. They knew for a fact they got caught, and there was nothing they could do to try and fix it. So good for the teacher for not bending completely to these entitled students. They obviously had really terrible work ethic, and the fact that they failed that class is literally their own fault. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My boyfriend's best friend has been acting very strange towards him lately, and it's making us very uncomfortable, and we seriously don't know what to do. My boyfriend and I have been together for four years. He has a friend by the name of Dan, that's not his real name, and he's been friends with him for around 10 years. Dan has a drinking problem, and when I first met my boyfriend, he drank often as well. Pretty much the entirety of their relationship with getting drunk together and watching sports. Half the time, when we go over to Dan's house, he's already drunk. He tries to get my boyfriend to take shots with him and sometimes passes out while we're watching a game. My boyfriend has slowed his drinking down immensely and has become an overall healthier person, but Dan has remained the same. It's also important to note that Dan is gay, but is not super open about it. My boyfriend was one of the first people he came out to. Dan has very few friends that live in the area, and my boyfriend doesn't have have many friends as well, but does have another best friend who Dan doesn't like for seemingly no reason. About a year ago, I started working for the same company as Dan. We get along fine, so we really never had any issues. However, over the past few months, there have been some questionable interactions between Dan and my boyfriend. The first was with the Super Bowl. For the last few years, my boyfriend was watching the Super Bowl at Dan's house. And this year, my boyfriend decided to throw a party because his team was playing. He invited some friends including the one Dan doesn't like. So when he told Dan, Dan's exact words were to say that this was the end of an era, which made my boyfriend feel really guilty and he almost canceled his plans altogether, but ultimately decided to follow through with the party. Dan ignored my boyfriend for some time after that. Then a few months ago, Dan invited my boyfriend on a 10-day long road trip for Dan's birthday. My boyfriend wanted me to join, but Dan insisted that we couldn't both have work off for that long, which is true as we are. Are on a small team. My boyfriend tried to back out but decided to go anyways when Dan told him that he would otherwise have to cancel the whole trip because that was too long to drive alone. Then, on the trip, Dan guilted my boyfriend into paying for expensive meals by bringing up the fact that he'd already spent a lot of money on hotels and a lot of money on gas. It's also important to note that Dan makes a lot more money than my boyfriend and I do and he knows that fact. Then, a few weeks ago, Dan and I were texting about work. I could tell that he had been drinking, and he brought up the fact that he doesn't have any friends. And I said he had me and my boyfriend, and he responded by saying, He's in love with you. He only loves me. He quickly tried to say that he didn't mean anything weird by that, but I ignored the message. Then, a few days ago, he tried to invite my boyfriend over to watch a game and eat dinner. My boyfriend declined because he was tired and wanted to spend time with me instead. Dan asked if he was declining because I work with him, and my boyfriend said no. Dan then said it was weird that he wouldn't want to watch the game with him since they always do that and that he wouldn't be making the elaborate dinner he was planning because he didn't want to eat alone. My boyfriend felt guilty but irritated because he had just been over to Dan's house a few days ago. I guess I would just like some advice on how to handle this. My boyfriend is pretty non-confrontational, but he is a grown man who can stand up for himself. I'm just becoming more and more uncomfortable with Dan's behavior. But I also don't want to make this weird for us at work. It just feels feels like he maybe views my boyfriend as his life partner or something. What should I do? Dan is acting incredibly weird. Like first off, yeah, they're really good friends, obviously. But it does kind of sound like Dan thinks about your boyfriend a little bit more than just a friend. Because you put it best, he sees him as a life partner of some kind. This really does go beyond any kind of like basic friendship you might have. Or even a really good friendship. It seems like Dan just doesn't even want you in the equation. And wants your boyfriend all to himself. And I'm sorry, but that's just not how life works. Also, what is the deal with your boyfriend giving in to everything Dan requests? I totally understand that your boyfriend loves Dan and he obviously has a good friendship with him, but I really don't feel like that friendship should be at the expense of every other aspect of your boyfriend's life. For example, you two are clearly dating and it sounds like Dan does not like you in the slightest. I mean, it really does sound like this guy wants your boyfriend to be his best friend as well as some kind of pretend partner at the same time. And also his drinking habits are really kind of concerning. So I know if I was at least in your boyfriend's shoes, I would be setting some very clear boundaries with this guy and saying, hey, we are good friends, but sometimes I'm going to tell you no. And it's not because I don't like you, but it's because I have other things I want to do. And the responsibility of having that conversation really does fall on your boyfriend. You unfortunately, in my opinion, probably can't do much about this, but your boyfriend absolutely can. And hopefully when he does, Dan is able to see where he's coming and hopefully straighten up his act. Am I the jerk for backing out of paying for my sister's wedding dress after she mocked the fact that my husband-to-be ran off with his mistress and dodged my wedding day completely? Here's what happened. So I had an incident on my wedding day back in 2017 where my former fiancé abandoned me and ran away with his pregnant mistress. That image and those details are forever ingrained on my mind and I'll never forget how I felt that day. This was truly a turning point in my life and my family has always been there for me. So I I kept close to them. My younger sister is currently engaged and her wedding will be in a few months. She's struggling with money so I decided to help her as well as her fiancé and just pay for the wedding dress. This allowed her to be able to buy her dream dress gown which cost about $7,000. It's a lot for a dress but she literally cried because she wanted it. A few days ago before we agreed to go buy the dress we were eating dinner at my parents' home and my cousin and aunt were there as well. My aunt was asking my sister about the wedding and my sister said that everything thing was going according to plan and then casually laughed and said let's just hope he won't run away with a pregnant mistress or something like that on our wedding day. Now when she said that I was completely blown away. She laughed and my aunt laughed too as if this was a joke. She was basically mocking me with what happened to me on my wedding day. It happened so fast that I got up and started screaming at her and started calling her an idiot but my parents asked me to take it easy and she said it was just a joke and that she didn't think I would react so intensely. My aunt remained seated And my cousin asked me to calm down And to drink some water But I grabbed my stuff And as I was getting ready I told my sister she was getting $0 for her dream dress And then I just walked out I heard a louder commotion as I walked And my dad and cousin followed me outside Trying to talk to me But I asked to be left alone My dad spoke to me later Saying I was too harsh on my sister And this was all over a joke And said that I know that this is how her dark sense of humor is They said she's been crying after I decided to back out of helping her and said that this will ruin her wedding. They want me to reconsider my decision since it might damage my relationship with my sister if I refused it. So am I the jerk for backing out of paying for my sister's wedding dress after she mocked and made fun of the fact that my husband-to-be ran off with his mistress? Honestly, I don't think you're the jerk at all in this situation. If my spouse-to-be walked out on me with a mistress I didn't know about and someone joked about that so casually as if it was okay to talk about, I think I would freak out as well. That is such an inappropriate thing to do. And you know what? Sure, maybe this is just how the sister is. But if you want to play stupid games, you're gonna get stupid rewards. And this is literally the consequences of somebody else's actions. And I always hate when people are like, oh, it's okay for them to say these horrible things. Their dark sense of humor is just the way that they are. No, their dark sense of humor is damaging to those around them, and there is no good excuse for that type of behavior. I personally hate it when other people try to justify these horrible, toxic remarks they make and try to disguise this as if this is a part of their personality. And honestly, if that's the case, their personality is incredibly toxic and very hateful, meaning that in my opinion, they're just not a good person. And the sister in this occasion who clearly thought they could joke about something that was not okay, in my opinion, got exactly what she deserved. Am I the jerk for not wanting my husband's niece to move in with us? So my husband and I don't have any biological kids. Four years ago, we fostered a girl by the name of Sarah that's not her real name who's 19 years old and she's still living with us after aging out. We're also fostering three kids so needless to say we have a pretty full household. My husband and Sarah have always had a difficult relationship. They're both pretty stubborn and butt heads a lot. We consider telling her social worker that it wasn't working out so many times especially in the first year and this is all because of how often they argued how stressed the arguments made her and because he has more of an authoritarian parenting style that she just didn't respond well to. She and I have always been very close though and she considers me to be her mom. The problem is, since we've started fostering the younger three, she's had to watch how good of a dad he is with the little ones and gets upset that he wasn't the same with her. It wasn't always rational, but there was a lot of resentment and a lot of jealousy that she's still having to work on. Now, my husband has a niece who's 18 years old who will be on her own this fall. She got a full scholarship from a school that's 10 minutes from us and a school that's an hour away. My husband wants her to move in. He'll get her a car. That way she can go to the school that's 10 minutes away and still obtain financial support from us. But here's the thing. I don't want to do that. For starters, we've already told Sarah that we will not be covering 100% of her expenses. She has a job that pays half of her car payments and insurance as well as all of her gas, maintenance, and repairs, pays her portion of the phone bill, and is responsible for all of her spending money. Us paying for all of that with his niece would hurt Sarah and he would have to either admit that he has a favorite or we would have to fully support both of them. I said if she goes to the school an hour away in an area with a much cheaper rent, I wouldn't mind sending her some money every month just to help out with rent and groceries with the expectation that she has a job and pays for some of her own expenses. He says we shouldn't expect her to be on her own yet and thinks that only partially supporting her is still too harsh. I told him we can't do anything for his niece that we're not already doing doing for Sarah but he thinks it's unfair to compare the two and says that Sarah should be grateful for what we provided for her no matter what we get from other people. I don't like how he's going about it and he thinks I'm spoiling Sarah while abandoning his niece to spare Sarah's feelings so I honestly just want to see if I'm in the wrong because at this point I seriously don't know what to do. I personally think the original poster is absolutely in the right. I mean despite the troubled relationship that your husband has with Sarah it would be really contradictory and And probably really toxic for you guys to welcome this niece into your home. As well as basically pay for all this stuff. When you explicitly told Sarah that no we're not going to pay for everything. It's going to come off as if you're choosing favorites. Which is definitely not going to help the situation. Seeing as Sarah already feels like she's being left out in a lot of ways. So hopefully you can get through to your husband. Because this is not a smart decision on his part. And it's just going to cause a lot of drama that really is unnecessary. Am I the jerk for not wanting to share my inheritance with my cousin? So I'm a 31-year-old female and my mom passed away when I was 4 years old. She was 26 when she passed. And my dad has never been in the picture. After my mom's death, her twin brother, my uncle by the name of John, that's not his real name, became my legal guardian. He passed away suddenly 2 months ago. My grandparents started a watchmaking company over 50 years ago. They ran it for over 40 and retired a decade ago, meaning that my uncle took over. When I went to live with my uncle, he just started working for the company full time after graduating college, and instead of having a babysitter, he would just take me to work if I was not in school. My uncle met his wife when I was 10 years old, and she was very nice to me. They got married when I was 12 and had their first child a few months later. When my cousin was born, things changed. She stopped packing my lunches and other stuff, and I know that she is not my mom, but before she would just look at me with a smile, and after she would barely acknowledge my existence. They ended up having two more sons. Anyways, I worked there part-time as a teenager helping out, and my uncle taught me a few things. My uncle took over the company in 2012, and my grandparents gave it to him. He took it from 145 employees all the way up to almost 1,000 employees in 10 years, even starting a watchmaking school. I went to college and then my uncle hired me as a full-time designer. Time went on and my cousin would work for like 4 hours a week and get a full week's pay, and I have heard all my cousins and my aunt talk about how watchmaking is stupid and that it's too much for something that only tells you the time. This comment in particular is really ignorant as we don't make only watches anymore and I thought my cousin paid just enough attention to know that but it seems like I was wrong. So it never seemed like they were that interested in the company. Back to present day. After my uncle's funeral, my aunt informed me that they were selling the company as it is useless to them but they were willing to let me make an offer first. I was so heartbroken. I just lost my uncle and was probably going to lose my job as well because there was no way I could ever get that kind of money. Last week, my uncle's will was read and all the money was to be divided in equal parts amongst me, my cousins, and my aunt. She got his part of the house and I got the company, 100% of the company, and they were furious. I now have some friends saying that it's their right to be upset for not getting something they understood they would be getting, and extended family is calling me a thief because it was their father other's company, and my cousins texted me saying things like, just give it to us, while also saying they're going to be contesting the will, and they're meeting with their lawyers tomorrow. They have even said they're going to destroy me for what I'm doing. My grandparents are on my side, but I just feel like I'm being harassed by all these people. What should I do? Your family is super toxic. Like, first off, they didn't care about that company at all, and if you really wanted to keep that going, you really could if you wanted to, but I wouldn't blame you if you didn't want to. When it comes to the will itself, you definitely want to try and get a lawyer because it sounds like your extended family is probably going to fight tooth and nail to try and get what they want. And while it is unfair for you, that is just the reality of how selfish they are. But hopefully this all works out for you and you're able to find some kind of peace regardless of the result. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius? Check it out in the description below and subscribe.